So it's Sunday night and I've already done pretty much every errand that I can do today. I've already done it. I've done laundry, dishes, cleaned the entire apartment, shot all of the content that I needed to shoot for my food Instagram. And I guess the only thing left to do today and probably my new favorite Sunday tradition, sit on the floor next to my phone with the voice memo open to record a podcast episode. And boy, do I have an episode for you. It started out just going to be a Q&A. I asked some of my followers to submit a like a question or two on Instagram. I had one of those question boxes open. But my weekend recap this weekend is something else. And if you know me, you know what was happening this weekend. If I've already told you and you know me, you're going to hear it again. But if you don't know, this weekend was something else, okay? So Friday night, and this is, again, the, the bulk of what happened was on Saturday. But Friday night this week, I went out with some girlfriends to get some tacos. You know, we went to Dose Mesas, which is a Mexican place here, or Tex-Mex place. And we had some tacos, some margaritas, guacamole, chips. And their guacamole is so good. If you live in Dallas or you're visiting anytime soon, I want to say if there was someone here with me, I would ask them if they thought this as well. But I think it's the best guacamole in Dallas that I've tried so far. So Dose Mesas, it's so good. Went there with a few girlfriends. And we could have left it there. We could have left it there. Could have had a casual night. My friends were saying that they they try to have and they aspire to have casual nights where it doesn't have to be a whole thing. It can just be a dinner. You just go out to dinner and then you go home. But no. And for me, and I don't know if anyone else relates to this, I love my apartment so much. I love my space. As I should, I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into one, finding the perfect apartment for me, and then two, finding all of the pieces of furniture and decor and all of the things that are in my space. Like I should love my space and not want to leave, but that's not good because you need to be social and you need to get out at least one night on the weekends. I try to do something. If I want to have a night in, I can do, I can do that, you know, whether that's Friday or Saturday, whatever. I try to at least have something social planned one night on the weekends, if not both, but usually at least just one. And yeah, that's the hardest part for me. Once I'm out though, I'm out. Like, if we're already out, I'm already ready. Like, yes, we can go to another place after dinner. <laughs> like, I don't want to go home. I put in all this effort. Like, we might as well take advantage of it. So afterwards, we went to this bar that's primarily a college bar, I think. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I'm not from here, but a lot of my friends who are from Dallas originally, I think it's typically like a bar you'd go to if you were in college and like maybe you weren't 21 somehow you can get into this bar. I'm 25, so I don't have that issue. They did say that I looked rather young, which was, I was like, thank you. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks. Appreciate that. Um, but primarily it's a college bar for, for SMU students. And honestly, I love that bar. They have in the back like a disco ball and they have the best DJs who play all of the songs that I usually run to. And I know all the words because I have been listening to them when I run for years, just like all the classic Beyonce, Chris Brown. We even had um, the Black Eyed Peas going the other night. It was just all around a good time and it's usually a good time. But this weekend was different because it was Texas, Oklahoma weekend. I didn't know about this rivalry until I moved to Dallas because I went to UGA. So I pretty much only know our rivalries. But if you went to 
Georgia like I did, it's kind of the same as Georgia Florida weekend. Um, they just all travel to Dallas because I guess that's like the main, the halfway point between Austin where Texas is and Oklahoma where Oklahoma is. So I guess they all come down to Dallas. There's also a state fair that goes on around the same time. So many people in Dallas. And I remember last year was my first time kind of experiencing this weekend because there are so many people here. So many people. It's impossible to go and sit anywhere. I mean, it's a miracle that we even sat at a restaurant on Friday night, but we did. And after our dinner and the best guacamole in Dallas, if you've never been to Dose Mesas, you need to go and get their guacamole and chips. I think I got one shrimp taco and one fish taco, whatever the, the catch of the day was. So good. I did fill up a lot on chips and guacamole. So I always do that when I go there. I always end up eating way too many chips and guac and then I can't like even eat my meal. Except I couldn't take it home with me because we were going somewhere out after. Sad, it's fine, whatever. I'll get over it. But yeah, so we went out after to that bar, like I was saying, and there were so many people in Oklahoma shirts. It was like frat boy central Oklahoma shirts everywhere. They were all wearing the same outfits. And we just had a really great time dancing in the back, you know, just enjoying our girl time. I started my watch. Someone was like, you should start your watch. And I found the dancing little workout activity thing and I said it and we were dancing probably for an hour and 40 minutes. And by the time that I was done, the calorie burn had said, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't accurate. I was like, man, that's how you know you had a really good night <laughs> when you have basically a workout at 11 p.m. when you are usually sleeping. But overall, 10 out of 10 night. But we'll talk about Saturday. So to talk about Saturday, I have to scroll all the way back in my life to last weekend where I get a text from one of my newer friends and she said, hey, can I can I ask you a favor? And I was like, this could be honestly anything. So I sent her back. I was like, I'm scared, but I, yeah, you can ask me. She's like, can I call you? And I was like, whoa, can you call me? I mean, I love talking on the phone, but usually when I talk on the phone, it's to catch up with somebody. It's not usually to ask a favor. I typically do that over text. I was like, oh my gosh, is this something terrible? So she calls me and she was like, hey, so I met this guy at Red River, which is a, I've never been there either, but it's like a place where if you are not from Texas, this is like the place that you would think of when you think of Texas. They do the two-step there they do the line dancing there people have cowboy hats on cowboy boots it's like a whole thing it's very it's giving very texas and that's where my friend had gone a couple weekends prior i've never been i do think i need to check that off my list eventually because i hear it's pretty fun i don't know how to dance though um so she met this guy there and apparently it was just like connection at first dance she went there just as the dd for her friends and saw this really cute guy, went and talked to him, asked him to dance. They danced. Turns out he's from Houston. We're in Dallas. He's in Houston. They exchanged numbers. Also, he's from Canada. He's from Canada. He lives in Houston. She meets him, and then she invites him to come up this weekend for the state fair, and he was like, yeah, of course, but I'm going to be staying with my friend, so can you bring like a friend for my friend? And that's where I come in. So she was saying, you know, I'd love for you to be that friend that comes with me next weekend to the fair so that I can hang out with this guy. 
And I'm like, do we have last names on these guys? She was like, no. She only had the first name of her guy. And then later on in the week, she got the first name of the other guy that was coming with him. So I'm like, no last names. Okay, so we can't even look them up. Because if I, I said, can you get me something? I'm like, a school a city. I was like, my FBI skills are so good. If you just got me a little bit more, because I'm not going to go through every single one of like the first names that show up on LinkedIn. Like I'm not going to do that. And she said that he didn't have social media and neither did the other guy. So it was a lost cause anyways. But I was like, you have no information on these people. I was like, you don't even have a photo of these men. And I was like, you don't have a last name. I was like, this is just, this could go so many ways. Um, so this was Saturday and so I wake up on Saturday and I knew that I was going to go to the farmer's market because they were having their pumpkin day. It was like the pumpkin of Texas day or something and like all the pumpkin farmers came and they brought their crops and their harvest or their pumpkins. They brought them and it was just really fun. I got some candles and then I knew that we were going to the fair at noon I was not as stressed as she was. She was trying to get ready. I was cruising. I had to go pick up a few things and do some errands before got ready. We looked pretty cute. We wore some dresses. I I, I was like, I don't know what I'm walking into. At least she met her guy before. So I go to her place and her roommate is also there and she was going to drive us because she's an angel and um, the guys show up and, and we all get in the car and we go to the fair together and we were at the fair. Keep in mind, we had not met these guys before. Well, she'd met him, her guy like one other time. We were there for 12 hours. We got there probably at 1230. We did not leave till 730. Like our Uber came to get us at 730. Now, what did we do at the fair, you might ask? So these guys, again, don't know them. We start to get to know them. They're pretty cool guys. You can tell they're very nice, genuine, down-to-earth guys. One of their outfits probably, I mean, it was a little questionable. But (laughs) overall, very sweet, nice guys. And it was really fun. We got to try some of the fair foods. Not too many. If you don't know about the Texas State Fair, again, I've never been. This is my first time. It was actually all of our first times going. It's big. When they say that things are bigger in Texas, they really mean that they're bigger in Texas. I mean, there was like this guy called Tex. He's huge. Look him up. Look up Tex at the Texas State Fair and tell me that that is not special. (laughs) And not no, I mean, the fair was amazing. The fair was amazing, but it was just like, where am I? There were so many people, again, because the game for Texas, Oklahoma was that day at the fair. It started maybe an hour and a half before we got there. So there were so many fans and it was so much fun, but we spent a lot of time waiting to ride in trucks. The guys were very into trucks and I guess they have, I mean, we're in Texas right now, so they have some Chevys, Silverados. And the fact that I even know those names off of recall just shows how many times that they were said this weekend. We were in a showroom of different cars. You're looking at cars, looking at different horsepowers. They were like, do you mind? I know it's kind of manly. Do you want to like go look at some cars? We're like, we'll look at some cars. And it was entertaining, but we spent a lot of time looking at trucks. And then we spent time waiting in line to actually test drive a truck. I did not test drive, but one of the guys did. One of them couldn't. He tried, but he has a Canadian ID still because he hasn't been here for six months yet. And he wasn't able, like, they couldn't take him as, like, a driver, so he had to be a passenger too. 
And overall, like, a lot of trucks. We even went in one that was doing tricks. So there was a driver who's like a professional driver or certified to drive people and like jump over different obstacles and drive basically sideways. I don't know how they were doing that. Honestly, it was so fun. My sunglasses like literally flew off my head. But it was 10 out of 10 fun. And if you think it stops there, it doesn't. Because after we spent seven hours with them at the fair, then we went back to my friend's apartment and, you know, got ourselves in check. And then we went out to dinner and then we went to a rooftop bar and got a drink. And then we went to meet some of my other friends at another bar and we run into, you know, the odds of you running into somebody that you've gone out with, they're not, you know, 0%, but they're also not entirely likely. I went out with this guy in February and we talked for like a month and a half or so before we went out. I had a good time when I went out with him. I wasn't like head over heels, but I really liked him as a person. We had a lot to talk about. We were hanging out, you know, on a weekday for a few hours. And I really liked that he was into sports because I'm into sports. We really had that in common. We had a few sports teams in common. And I just thought he was a, a genuine, you know, guy. And he was like, I'd love to hang out again. And I was going on a ski trip for a few days. He was like, just let me know, you know, when you're free after the ski trip. And I did let him know. He never responded. Um, We talked for a little bit after the date that we had, but genuinely he ended up not ever texting me back again at some point. And then I had sent a follow-up text about something else, and he never responded to that either. So I was like, okay, well, lost cause happens sometimes. But I was kind of frustrated by it because ghosting makes me so mad. I can almost, I mean, it's never okay in any situation because people deserve explanations for things. I can almost understand it. I mean, just the way that dating apps are, if you meet someone on a dating app, like I'd met this guy on a dating app, and you never meet them, like you don't necessarily owe them anything, and it's more common. But if you meet somebody and you go out with them, like you spend time with them, I think that you owe somebody an explanation or just like need to say like, hey, I'm seeing somebody else. I mean, he'd had a girlfriend and I'm an FBI agent. Like obviously I did my research after I saw he posted her like months later and I did my research and I was like, oh, I'm sure he was seeing her at the same time he went out with me. Why couldn't he have just told me that? Because seeing him in the bar two feet away from me When I'm with another guy and I was telling the girl that I went on this double date with, I was like, I see him. I know he knows I'm here. And she's like, maybe he doesn't know it's you. I had a Georgia sticker on my face. There are not a lot of UGA, you know, fans in in Dallas. There are a lot, but they don't, you're not going to see a lot of them everywhere you go. If you go to the UGA alumni bar, you're going to see a lot of them. But in that bar in particular, zero. He knows I like UGA. We had sports in common. He went to Arkansas. We've talked about it. And yeah, so he was there. I could have touched him. And I have short arms. And I could have touched him how close he was standing to me. And so I was just standing like with this guy that I just met. And I'm like, oh gosh. Like, you know, I was honestly kind of bothered by by it. Not like in in a way that I was like, oh... Like, I'm so sad that he ghosted me. I was just infuriated because if he hadn't ghosted me, I could have said hey to him. We could have had a conversation. It wouldn't have had to be this awkward thing. I mean, it was awkward for me. I don't know what it was like for him, but it was just made me feel weird to see him just based on how we left things. But anyways, and then after that, we went back to my friend's place again. And then, like, I ended up um, going home after that. So anyways, 
10 out of 10 weekend, like I've already mentioned a few times, but if this is anything, like I love to have different takeaways from my podcast episodes. If you take anything away from this situation, it's to always just say yes to opportunities that come your way. I think like if I had said no to this opportunity, because I did have plans, like I was going to go watch the Georgia Auburn game at 2.30 and I told my friend this like when she was trying to schedule I said like I'd love to be back or you know maybe we can go after the game like I want to see it but I see the games most weekends opportunities like this like I have never gone on a blind date before if you could even call it a date like it kind of was like he was so nice he paid for my dinner you know I talked to him while my friend was you know talking to the guy that literally drove five hours or four hours to see her And I was talking to him for a little bit, but like, if you don't just take chances like that or make opportunities happen, you know, then they're not going to happen. And I just like, you know, so grateful that I said yes to this like crazy opportunity that it's like not really something that I would ever do more, more often than not, like I would not (laughs) do something like this. And I even deleted my dating apps earlier in the week. And I was like, I'm done dating. I'm I'm not dating anybody else. Like, I'm not going on any more dates. And then, like, here all of a sudden, like, this random opportunity to, like, spend some time with a guy, you know, shows up. And I'm a very firm believer in just going on dates in general. If you're obviously not in a relationship right now, but if you're single, I totally am all for it. Because you, even if you're not looking to date somebody, like, when you go on dates, and it's taken me a long time to kind of understand this, you're not necessarily looking to find like your husband. Like I know some people take that that route with dating. I don't. I mean, obviously I'm not going to be in a relationship with somebody who I I don't see certain qualities in that I'd like like to have in a partner that I'm with for like a long time. But you don't always have to marry every guy that you go out with. They don't always have to fit every single box because you just learn something and you spend time with somebody and you get to know somebody and it's like very cool. Like this guy was from Canada and he liked trucks. And like one time I literally was dating a guy that had tattoos and he drove an Audi, just like they're so different, but it's just really cool to kind of get to know new people. And like I said, they don't have to fit every, every box in your book. Like they don't have to be like the perfect candidate for you to even give them an hour or two of your time. You could literally only go and give them an hour of your time. And again, like I hate the dating apps, but if you're single and you're not on the dating apps and you just like want to chat with some people, I don't know. It's, it's a very weird world right now, but that's just my, my two cents with dating is just like to try and meet as many people as possible because every time I get to know a new guy, I'm like, I like these qualities about him. I like these qualities about him and I don't like these qualities about him. And I feel like I've learned so much about dating because remember in my last episode, I said I'm a wealth of information just based on my friends' experiences and my own but primarily my friends' experiences because they've had way more relationships than I have or just like more relationship experience than me. So that's my two cents. But if you have the opportunity to say yes, say yes, whether that's to go dating, to go on a trip, to whatever it is, whatever opportunities come your way, to travel, to move to a new city, say yes within reason but say yes because you never know you know what opportunity that will bring for you
That was a very long weekend recap, but I hope that it was at least mildly entertaining because I think that that was the best date I've ever been on in my life. Even if it was a blind date, that wasn't even really a date. It was just so carefree, so relaxed, really enjoyed ourselves. I mean, we're still talking about how fun it was yesterday just to just have fun, very low pressure um, with a bunch of, you know, a couple of cool guys. So Again, I I just had to share that because it was a really cool thing that happened and it doesn't happen all the time, Um, especially to go on a blind date. I know that's a little bizarre. One of my guy friends, and I always mention him, and someday he will be on the podcast. If I can convince him to come to Dallas, he will be on the podcast and we'll we'll do a Q&A with him and we'll really quiz him on all things men and see you know what his answers are. But he went on a blind date once and it was actually a setup on a dating app so this could be a good option for somebody who's maybe not so inclined to do a dating app but this girl's friend set her up a profile and he matched with that profile so it was run by the girl's friend and the girl didn't know who she was going out with I guess like her friend had set up her with a bunch of different guys and it was a blind date for her and they ended up hitting it off I mean obviously he knew, he knew what she looked like and everything but she didn't and they ended up hitting it off um you know things didn't end up working out but they did go out like probably 12 times or so and you know that ended up not working out like I said but um he learned a lot from that situation he learned a lot about what he was looking in somebody and I'm sure she did as well but it was great that they got to meet and they wouldn't have unless her friend hadn't made that that blind date profile for her. So if you're looking for another way to meet cool people and you have friends that you love and you trust them enough to let them create a dating app profile for you, that could be another option. But obviously, when you use a dating app, and I feel like I have to say this because I mention them a lot, you got to be somewhat safe. When you match with somebody, you know, I think there are some that have like a little, I think it's Bumble that has like a blue verification where they actually make you scan your face and then somebody like make sure that you look like your profile so you don't get catfished and that just kind of keeps it a little bit safe. I like to go out with guys that I have mutual friends with or that I feel like, you know, I already know in some, some capacity. I mean, that's always good. It doesn't always happen that way. And maybe sometimes it's not, or it's, it's better to not have people in common. And then, you know, you get to have all of their new people in your life and whatever, but just be safe. You know, you always hear things about people. And I've had so many guys that I've unmatched because they either said something creepy. They just gave off creepy vibes. And I said, you know what? (laughs) No harm, no foul. And I just removed them because it's better to be safe than sorry. One time, this guy that I had texted a little bit with, like I was in my Snapchat and I looked at my quick ad and it had his name. He told me his name was Harrison. And so I just saved his name as Harrison. I didn't have his last name, but then like the Snapchat name that I had or like the phone number that I had was connected to a Snapchat name and the username was John Edmund. And I, I unmatched him on the dating app. I blocked his phone number. I was like, I don't know who John Edmund is. But see, it's things like that. I'm sh- I don't know. I'm sure there's a very plausible explanation for why his name would be what it was. And then like later on, this is months later, because I, I think I added him in April. And then months later, a couple weeks ago, I saw that he'd added me on Snapchat. And it was John Edmund. And I said, who is John Edmund? And I said, what's your name? He said, Harry. And I was like, what, who's John Edmund? He was like, that's my middle name. So then I'm like, Harrison, John Edmund. And I said, what's your last name? 
and he told me what his last name was and I looked him up and that was legit. But like, I didn't know what John Edmund was and I'm still not convinced. <laughs> I'm still not convinced he was a legitimate person. So just be careful when you're on a dating app and I pray nobody has to use them. But if you, if you do want to use them, it's a really great way to meet people. I've talked about this before. Really great way to meet guys because like if you don't have a dating app and you don't have, you know, a lot of guys in your life. Like I don't have a ton of guy friends in Dallas. The only ones that I have are the ones that I friend zone from dating apps. And I really wouldn't call those friends because I don't really hang out with them much, but it's a great way to kind of meet more people, expand your circle. So again, just, just be safe with it. Don't want anything, you know, bad to happen as a result of, of doing that. So just be safe. Segue into the Q&A portion of this podcast episode. So earlier this week, I put a Q&A box on my story and asked if anyone had any questions. So I'll get into those questions. But I will say if anyone at any point has a topic that they want me to talk about or for me to find somebody who can also talk about a particular topic, let me know. Just send me a message healthy ways for days on Instagram and I'll do my best like I definitely have a lot of friends in mind who have different things that they they could talk about so I haven't haven't had a guest in a minute so just let me know I'm happy to do that and then also you know check out my other episodes if you haven't listened to them already but I'm excited about this Q&A so we'll, we'll get into it first question starting out easy is what's the best recipe I've ever made it's kind of a hard question to answer because I'm not sure what the best one is. I know the most popular one is the crispy chickpea quinoa bowl with lemon honey tahini. Every time I post that recipe, everyone goes crazy for it. And I have had so many people recreate that. I think that's got to be my most famous one. And it is a good one. So it's on my profile if you've never checked it out. I think the steps are too complicated for me to say on this podcast episode. But again, it's the crispy chickpea quinoa bowl with lemon honey tahini. And if you've never made lemon honey tahini or if you don't even know what tahini is, essentially it's sesame seed butter. And it's blended sesame seeds. And you can get the one that I get at Trader Joe's. It comes in a jar, kind of, not like peanut butter, but it comes in a jar. And you just take a little bit of tahini with some water, lemon, and some honey. So you squeeze a little bit of lemon in there with honey and you mix it up. And you add a little bit more water if you want it to be a little bit more liquidy. And it drizzles better when there's a little bit more water in there. And it's amazing. It makes vegetables taste good. I think that's honestly what makes that bowl what it is. And a good dressing, especially in the winter, can go a long way, especially with those cozier meals. So definitely check that one out if you if you haven't already. My favorite recipe, gosh, I'm not sure. I think by default, it would have to be my berry oatmeal bake. This is a recipe that I was making every single week. Not even every week. It was every four days when I was in college. So easy to make. It tastes like dessert for breakfast. Essentially, you just take a Pyrex dish. I think mine is eight by six. And I would take two cups of rolled oats, just regular old-fashioned rolled oats, not steel cut, not quick oats, rolled oats. Pour those into your oven-safe dish or your Pyrex dish. Pour two cups of almond milk that are whisked with one third cup of egg whites. I think you can use an egg. I've seen people use an egg. I've just always used egg whites. So you whisk that together with like a splash of vanilla and some cinnamon, and then you pour that on top and then you layer fresh fruit. So I'll do bananas, strawberries, blueberries, 
layer those on top so it kind of slice them aesthetically lay them on top and then you'll bake that at 350 for about 30 35 minutes and then you'll let it sit but then you'll refrigerate it to store it if that makes sense and i like to put some honey on mine peanut butter on it i always do yogurt and it's so good so easy it was my go-to meal prep breakfast for the longest time i would take it to work with me i would take it to school with me you just cut it into four that's at least what i get out of the dish that i have and it's it's so perfect the next question was, what is the dating life like in Dallas? And I think I've kind of already talked about it. I mean, the whole 30 minutes prior to this question was me talking about a date in Dallas. And I've talked about dating apps in Dallas. I mean, honestly, I don't know if dating is really that great in any city because I have friends in a lot of cities and they all say the same thing. Like I hear Chicago's not great for dating. I hear Boston's not great for dating. I hear DC's not great for dating. I hear there's too many people in New York to date. I hear Denver sucks for dating. Like I just hear every city apparently is bad for dating. So I don't know where the good cities are for dating because if there was like a good city for dating people would go there so maybe people saying that the cities are bad for dating is just to make people not want to go there i'm not sure but i i mean it could be better i would give it like a six a six out of ten i i don't know it like the guys here like we my friend michelle when she guest um guest starred on the podcast she and i were talking about it's just like i don't know and like i mentioned earlier about the ghosting when you are in the dating scene and a guy can have a dating app and get a new girl in five minutes it's like okay so i would say dating here is not great and that's just my honest opinion on that so i really won't get you know too too much further into it but if you have a city if you live in a city or you know of a city that is like really great for dating as a woman as a female in her 20s let me know and I'll, I'll put that on my, my Instagram story. I'll, I'll share it in my next episode. I'm just not convinced that it's really that great anywhere. I don't know if COVID had anything to do with that. I don't know if that's just the stage of life that I'm in, but I feel like everyone unanimously right now is kind of struggling. Next question is what really helped me switch my mindset and become more free with food? I really love this question. It is a hard one to answer. If you listen to the first episode that I ever did, it's all about kind of my story and how I got to where I am with my Instagram account, but also with my past and and my eating history. And I don't have a moment where I realized that I was being more more free with my food and I wasn't stressing as much. I think it's kind of happened over time. And honestly, the best advice that I can give when it comes to not stressing about food and living in the moment and just eating food, being mindful with your choices, obviously, but just like really enjoying food for, for food and for the taste and not thinking about anything else It's just by doing it. The more that you welcome food freedom and those moments of treats and like those just moments where you're just eating food, enjoying the moment, the more of those you have, the less you start to think of them as like important, if that makes sense. I used to really recognize each moment that I was being free with food. And I was like, wow, like I'm eating, you know, this ice cream with my friends. Like I would never do that. And it would be such a big deal for me. But the more that I've done it, And the more that I've welcomed food freedom into my life, I don't even think about it anymore. It's just part of, of who I am and like what I, what I do. You know, I leap at the opportunity to go and have fun with my friends and my family and make those memories. I don't even think about the food as a second thought. It's just 
part of the experience that I'm that I'm gonna have like at my friend's wedding from this summer I my dinner was banana pudding because that was the best thing like on my plate I like loved it I mean I had some other things too but I remember I mean thinking back that's just like the first thing that came to my mind was like before I would have only taken like the chicken and the veggie but I literally took the banana pudding because I was so pumped about it and that's just like another example of food freedom didn't even think about it the rest of the night I think that's again it's come over time but it's to the point now where I just don't think about food as something other than food which is so special like I used to get even when I was working up towards having food freedom I would eat something and then I would think about it like I wouldn't hesitate to eat it I would eat it and then I would think about it for the rest of the day I would be like should I go on another walk should I go you know I didn't work out this morning should I go on a run and like those types of thoughts again it's like a gateway towards food freedom how everyone goes through it in a different way that's how I went through it like I would kind of comp with exercise not not in an over exercising way but I would just like comp with exercise for some of those treats but I would eat them with no no question or I would have a meal with no question. And then later on would would be when the thoughts came. So before when I really struggled, it would be before I ate it, I would be like dealing with it as it's on my plate. And, and obviously that was really stressful. So at least taking the pressure off to eat something, um, was way more enjoyable for me. But like, again, it's like the post thoughts that, that were also not great. But now, and again, just by doing it over time, you really do get to a place where you look forward to eating those things. Or you look at a menu. When I used to look at a menu, I would immediately only look at the salads or I would look for the healthiest option. And now I look for the option that sounds the best to me. If someone had asked me what my favorite food was when I was in the heart of my eating struggles... I mean, I would have said oatmeal or I would have said like, I don't eat my favorite foods because it's probably pizza or pasta. And back when I was in the thick of it, I was not eating those. And how sad is that? Or it's like fried rice was not eating that either. And so sad to think about. And I would have to lie through my teeth or I would say, oh, like, you know, I don't even know what I would say. Would I say peanut butter and banana toast? I think I would say peanut butter because I think at the time when I was in my, you know, my real struggles with that. I think peanut butter was my lifeline. It was like my favorite thing that I got excited to eat every day. And I still eat a ton of peanut butter, but not nearly to the extent that I used to. Like I would be whipping through jars. And I thank peanut butter for for being there for me, you know, with bananas and and chocolate during those times. But now I have so many foods that I enjoy in my day to day that I, that I have time to eat them. And like, you don't, think so much about like the next time you're going to get something if you don't deprive yourself of it deprivation is so is so harmful because that will lead to things like binging where you're presented with you know a dessert table and you're like well I don't ever have desserts and here I have all of these desserts and then you eat too many and then it's like a negative cycle because obviously anybody anywhere no matter what their relationship is with food if you eat too much of something like you're not going to feel well But the difference between someone who is struggling, you know, with negative habits and negative thoughts when it comes to food is going to experience that uncomfortable feeling in a very, very different way than somebody who has a healthy relationship with food and is like, dang, I, I ate too much food, you know? So to helpfully answer that question, I think it's just 
practicing small things. I remember I would have like little, I don't like the concept of fear food. I don't like the concept of a, of a cheat meal. I don't like those concepts. It's just like welcoming small things, whatever you can trust, you know, and, and you get yourself to do. But it's also for me knowing, and I think I talked about this once before too, but when I would have those things, whatever I was afraid of and what was preventing me from having those things for all of those years Whatever I was worried about, whether it was like, oh, I'm going to get bloated or I'm going to whatever from all of all of those things that I deprived myself of for for years, it never happened. And I think that was a huge wake up call for me, like the agony that I was causing myself over thinking like, you know, I was going to be bloated or I was going to gain weight from like one thing, like one donut in class that like a classmate brought in when I was in high school never happened. (laughs) It doesn't happen that way. You know, you can't gain realistically, you know, from eating one thing, you're not going to gain anything. Like maybe a tiny, tiny bit of water weight, but it's not actually like weight gain. Your body doesn't want to gain weight. And again, I'm not a nutritionist, so I really can't, can't really speak to this, but I think like one thing, your body's not going to process it as weight. It's going to like your metabolism will take care of it, if that makes sense. And again, I'm not a nutritionist, so I can't. I, that any nothing that I say, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But I think that again is what also kind of led to me having that food freedom is just understanding that food is food, food is fuel. For years before you realize that food, you know, is something besides food. You know, it, it impacts your weight. It whatever you just eat, and your body knows what to do with food, and it takes care of it. So that that's kind of what led me to where I am today. The next question is kind of along the same lines and it's about balance. So I kind of already went into this about my mindset and how it shifted from, you know, kind of having that disordered eating pattern that I, that I dealt with, um, to more of a balanced one. And I, I've already talked about kind of, it took a long time. Like it did. It took a long time. And now I do consider myself to be pretty balanced, but I think like my version of balance and, and keep in mind, what I enjoy, I love going for a walk. I love going for a run. I love going to a workout class. I love smoothies and all things wellness. And that is something that I genuinely enjoy. And I love waking up on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning and doing those things. I love going, you know, to walk to get a latte. I love, you know, going for a run, going, I don't usually go to workout studios on the weekends. I save my class pass credits for the weekdays. Those are things I love doing. Everyone has hobbies and things that they enjoy. Mine just so happens to be wellness and fitness and nutrition. Like I love those things. And for me to bring balance into my life, it is hard sometimes because lifestyle that I prefer to have tends to be a little bit more calmer. You know, I call myself grandma because I would love to stay in and bake on the weekends as opposed to like go out and have a crazy night. I would just prefer to stay in rather than go out. I do love going out. I enjoy hanging out with my friends, having girls nights. It's so fun. That's just not what my my first pick would be, even though I do enjoy it once I get there, just like my my resting state would not be to to choose like that side of things, but I enjoy it when it happens and I just choose to bring balance by, like I mentioned earlier, saying yes to opportunities that come my way. If I'm invited to go out, I go out. If I want to stay in, if I don't have plans, like I'll stay in and I'll cook myself a meal. 
my friends and I cook all the time and we make different meals together and we go on walks and things like that. Like I think we do we do balance, especially a balance between going out to eat versus like cooking at home. I try to cook a lot of meals at home because primarily it's cheaper. I think a lot of times I would rather spend the $35 on the groceries to make a meal for myself and then I have the meal for the whole week. Like I have groceries for like a few days compared to if I go out and spend that on one meal, obviously like it's okay to do that every now and then and it's so much fun. But then also you end up saving money by having that balance, like every weekend, you're not going out and spending like hundreds of dollars. Like you're you're staying home, you're making a meal for yourself. That's the type of balance. I've already said a few times I don't like alcoholic drinks. Like I, I don't like them. I will rather have a mocktail instead. And that's my form of balance too. And it took me a long time to learn to say like, I don't want to drink <laughs> because I feel so pressured to drink in situations, even though it's not really my, my cup of tea. Like I will drink and have fun occasionally, but most of the time I would rather just go there and have fun completely sober. And it's striking the balance between saying yes and enjoying, you know, things that you want to enjoy and not depriving yourself of anything, whether that's your balance with working out versus not working out, like listening to your body and not pushing yourself to go every day, however many days, like not pushing yourself through injuries, trying out new workout studios. Like I didn't have balance before I found workout studios. I was just running every day and now I have a great balance between running and going to workout classes. Obviously, too much of anything is never good, so you need to find balance in like all aspects of life. Honestly, when you have balance, you enjoy the things that you do so much more because you're not doing them all the time, which is why I I personally like being balanced. The next question is how to find a job if you don't like the one that you're currently in. So this is not something that I I can personally speak to because I've been in the same job that I've had since I graduated from college. But I have had friends, and here I go again with the wealth of information, I have had friends who have switched jobs that they haven't liked. And I told them, you know, obviously switching jobs, it's scary. Uncertainty is scary. Sometimes it's easier or you feel like it's easier to stay in what you know and what you have than to leave that and go find something else. I mean, it's like that for anything, for relationships, for where you live, for your jobs. It's always easier to stay in something that you know than to leave that and go to something that you don't know, I feel like. But if you're not happy in your job or your career that you chose, it's never too late to go and switch to something else. If you have a job that you don't like, start looking for a job that you do like. You can always stay in the job that you have while you're looking for your next job. And if you don't like your career that you're in, I mean, whatever you have to do, get yourself where you need to go. I have friends who have switched majors, friends who have switched grad school concentrations, friends who have switched literal careers, industries, and they do it because life is too short to stay in a job that you're unhappy in. And I have a friend, she was like, I make a lot of money in this job, but I'm not happy. And she is planning on switching to a different job. She's currently looking while she stays in her current job. Like if you're not happy, your job is usually, you know, it could be eight hours, eight, 10 hours of your day. 
So why would you want to continue doing something that you don't enjoy? Because there are jobs out there that you can enjoy. It's just a matter of finding what you want to do. And it doesn't have to be what you went to school for. Um, again, I don't have personal experience with this. I just know what my friends have gone through. And a lot of them have been able to switch jobs, even though it seems scary once you go through the process, and I think the process of finding a new job is really intimidating or finding the right job, but there is no such thing as like the perfect job. Every job is going to have things that you don't love as a part of it. Like no job is perfect. And I think some people do get into a loop of looking for this perfect job. I have a friend, she told me she was looking for a job that was going to do X, Y, Z. And I was like, if that job existed, <laughs> everyone would have that job. So sometimes the grass is not always greener, but if you do feel as though your job is not giving you purpose, it's not giving you know you a passion, then absolutely go for switching because the sooner you you make that move and you start working towards that, the sooner you'll be in a job that might be more fulfilling for you. And um, I think that would be my greatest advice is to either talk to somebody who has done that has switched to the career that you're switching to, you know, what experience do you need? Do you need an internship? Do you need to go back to school? Little things like that, but don't let obstacles like going back to school or just, you know, the process of finding a job intimidate you because if you don't do it, you'll never have it. It's kind of like if you don't ask, you'll never know. If you don't go for it, you'll never have it and you'll still be in your same job. So like I've said before in this episode, say yes and just go for it because the worst thing that happens is that you don't end up getting it. You have to wait a little bit longer to find the job that really fits your needs. But if you get that job, once you have it, you'll know exactly why the pieces fell the way they did. You'll be grateful for the experience that you had maybe in a job you didn't like as much, but at least you'll have those experiences and you'll be grateful that you went for the opportunity. Okay, the next one is do I count my steps? The answer is no. (laughs) I mean, I have an Apple Watch and I know it tracks my steps. Honestly, my Apple Watch doesn't even connect to my phone right now. Ever since I got my new phone in May, it has not connected. I still wear it to to turn on during my workouts, but I don't look at steps. I don't look at really anything. Um, and I think that's just because I am was so tired of looking at it. And also, I'm not really doing workouts now for any reason other than to feel my best. And I also enjoy kind of the athleticism of workouts. Like, I love the run. I, I mostly look at my times. Honestly, if I go on a run, I look at my times or I'll run for distance or I'll run for like, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, like trying to hit a certain amount of time running or a certain duration. But I don't look at the steps because the steps don't really matter. Um, and, and that's just like my own, my personal take, but it's a recent take. Like I used to look at steps just because I thought it was cool. Um, I used to, you know, try to hit a certain amount of steps every day, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a step count. It's a number. And I used to have my entire life controlled by numbers. And so I'm really enjoying not being tied and, and focused on hitting a certain goal that really is arbitrary because it doesn't matter how many steps you have a day. It doesn't really equal anything other than you hit a certain amount of steps. And it's so dumb because if I do a strength workout, I'm not going to really get any steps. 
but I had a workout. So really, I mean, obviously getting steps in equals cardio, but if you're getting enough cardio in, you know, you don't need to see how many steps you do to see if you're really getting enough cardio. Again, not a nutritionist. I don't have a sports nutrition background or anything. I just know, you know, from a balanced perspective, what works for me and no, I do not track anything. Podcast episode is getting dangerously long. I think this is now my new longest episode. So I'll just do a few other questions. I'll try to get some some positive ones because we've had a lot of deep ones, but I think the conversation has been good. The next one is, have I seen any hotties on the trail? Um, yes, actually, the other day I did see a cute guy on the trail. Honestly, I've been so busy with work. I really haven't been going on the trail as much because... I will sit down accidentally at my desk and not get up for the rest of the day. If I go to my desk before I'm supposed to, like if I intend to go and do a workout and I sit at my desk, the workout is not happening. So (laughs) I think that's just the, the season of life that I'm in with my job right now is like I have a lot of projects and my work takes priority for me. It kind of goes into what we were talking about earlier with balance. Like my work is my priority. And if I have projects, I'm doing my projects over my workouts and take priority over them. And even though I prefer to work out, sometimes it just doesn't happen. And I usually go in the morning. And if I don't go in the morning after work, I am just usually not in the mood to do a workout. So I'll do a walk, but definitely prioritizing work right now. Haven't really seen too many hotties as a result, but the other day I did see a cute guy and I I think he did look at me. I don't know if he was just looking to make sure a biker wasn't coming, but I mean, when you see a cute guy on the trail, I mean, there's really nothing you can do about it except for be like, wow, that's a cute guy. I've seen so many cute guys on the trail. However, where are they in Dallas? I have no idea because I've seen significantly more cute guys on the trail than I have anywhere else. Except for Trader Joe's, one Monday after work, I went to Trader Joe's and I saw the most cute guys in one spot in Dallas. And I texted everyone. I was like, this is the spot. This is the spot to me, guys. I was not looking my best when I was there, but Trader Joe's at like 7 p.m. after a work day, I feel like that's when the guys go and they, they do their shopping. Okay, my next question is what is the hottest part of a guy? Um, let's see. I don't know. I'm I'm torn between back and arms. I'm torn. I think hands are important too, but I think I'm I'm pretty torn between back and arms. Maybe maybe more so arms than the back, but I feel like if they have strong arms that kind of goes with the back. So like I think that's a, a duo right there, the back and arms duo. I think that's for me the most attractive part of a guy besides his personality and his sense of humor. Humor is number one for me in terms of just like, I love to laugh. So if a guy can make me laugh, it's over for me, basically. (laughs) Not always, not always, but humor certainly goes a long, long way with me. Okay, what is a Jeopardy category I would never miss in? Harry Potter, easy. I was a huge Harry Potter nerd. I still am. I love Harry Potter. I read every book probably 10 times over except for the last few that were really long maybe maybe only like four or five that for those but I love Harry Potter I used to identify truly with Ginny Weasley because I kind of look like her some people say that I don't really see it but I really identified with Ginny Weasley 
And I just really thought my letter for Hogwarts was going to come, and it never did. That did not stop me from telling my brother that I went to Hogwarts. And really, I convinced him, or I tried to. And I had all of these little stories that I made up. And one time, I even woke him up in the middle of the night, and I told him that I just got back. I think I really had him going. He would probably say that he knew that I was I was making it up. But we loved playing Harry Potter together when we were younger. Just, just some wholesome brother-sister moments and we also loved watching the movies and my dad was really into it too he did make me space out the books though because I was whipping through them so fast he would make me wait weeks in between each book so that I didn't blow through them all within a month and he wanted me to savor them which I really appreciate so Harry Potter fans in my household for sure and I would take that Jeopardy like a champ Last question, because I'm already over 50 minutes, is a sweet question. It's how do I come up with my ideas for content? I seem so creative. Well, I love being creative. I think that's why I love my platform so much. And I recommend all people to have a creative outlet of some kind. Even if you don't think that you are creative, I think that everyone is able to create something. Me, my passion started with photography. I got my first camera, my first real camera when I was in middle school, but I did have one of those Kodak digital cameras in elementary school. And I just love taking pictures of things. And that's kind of where my passion really lies because obviously I love food. That's something that I, I am also passionate about, but it's the photos of the food, which have now become videos of the food. I love it. And my Instagram account and my TikTok account, those are just outlets for me to essentially post things that I make. It's not just the food that I'm making, it's the photo that I shot of the food. It's the video that I created with the music and I love doing it. I started photography when I was in middle school. Um, I actually had my first camera in elementary school, but I was taking graduation photos for high school graduates at my high school and some other high schools in my area. And I also did the same in college and I love doing that. And that's kind of where, again, I started kind of just capitalizing on some interests that I had and so many interests I feel like can become something. One of my roommates in college, she had seen me doing the photo thing and she came to me and she said, I really want to do that too. And she is so, she was very into photography. She just really never had time to explore it and she started it. And now she has like a real business. Like she makes real money from doing that, which is great. Obviously that's not like the whole thing, but if you're passionate about something, absolutely find an outlet for that, whether it's posting it or, or another way people have galleries, they post them on a portfolio on a website, but I, I just love doing it and where I get my inspiration from, honestly, from Pinterest, I get a lot of inspiration from restaurants that I go to. Sometimes when I scroll on TikTok or I scroll on Instagram and I see videos and I'm like, wow, what if I made something like that? I find so much inspiration on social media. I don't spend a lot of time on my personal Instagram that I have because I don't, you know, sometimes I'm just really not interested in people that I follow. I don't want to see what they're doing, especially if I don't know them. Like if I 
have a friend that's doing something and I know that they're doing it, I'll ask for photos or I'll go and look on Instagram and I'll just look at the few people that come up at the top because they're probably my closest friends and I'll see what they're what they're up to. But for the most part, a lot of the hundreds of people, hundreds, multiple hundreds of people who I follow, I don't even know them. I just followed them at some point and I don't want to unfollow them, which is stupid. But yeah, I don't really spend a lot of time looking at what other people are doing. I like to look at things that inspire me, which is why I'm so happy that I have the platform that I do. And I just enjoy scrolling on it, honestly. I don't do it a lot anymore, but when I was younger and I had more free time, I would just scroll and get so inspired by other people. So I think that's where a lot of my inspiration comes from, but... But I also love just taking photos of things in general. I've had a Visco for so long, probably since I was in high school, so almost 10 years, honestly. I just love taking pictures of things. And having the food Instagram gives me an outlet to even post my more lifestyle photos that I take because I can put them on the story. I feel like when I had just my personal Instagram, I always felt like I couldn't post as much as I wanted. And there were people I was like, oh, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to post too much. And with my food Instagram... If someone wants to follow my food Instagram, they probably want to see what I have to share and I don't have to worry about anything else. And that's just me. Don't worry about anybody else when you're posting. I always say tap, tap, scroll when my friends ask about captions or if I like a photo or something because nobody actually takes the time to stare at a photo the way you think that they do. They just see it tap on it and scroll. They may not even know who posted it, honestly. They don't look at it critically. They don't look at stories and who posted them and at what time as much as you think that they do. And if they do, it's kind of (laughs) sad. It's kind of sad. So post whatever you want. Post what makes your heart happy. You took a cool picture, post it. It doesn't matter. You took two, post them. It doesn't matter. Again, people, if you have something cool that you do, share it. People want to see that stuff. I think that's the most wholesome content. Like I was talking about the girl from my high school who was painting. She paints on recycled materials, which is the coolest thing. And she shows how she went and got the materials, how she built it. It's so sick. I'll actually link her TikTok in the bio or the description of this podcast episode because it's so cool. And it could be anything, like I said, that gives you inspiration. Just hone in on it and really lean into it. Like I said, you know, no harm, no foul. As long as you are interested in something, go for it. You really have nothing to lose. And with that, we are almost one hour into the episode. If you are still listening, I appreciate you so much. And if you're a first time listener, thank you for being here. If you've listened before, welcome back. I've really just enjoyed having things to share. And every week I just blown away by just how much I can really talk. I mean, Truly, I can talk for a long time. I was calling one of my friends earlier and we ended up talking for 30 minutes and I was like, wow, that was really short. But I think for her that was long because I can just really talk and apparently I can talk just to my phone with nobody else here. If my neighbors walked by, I'm sure they're probably concerned or whatever, but it's been so great having you on this episode. If you liked this episode, if you want to rate Up Early Podcast on Spotify, or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you want to give it a five-star rating, I would really appreciate it. And we are also, I guess a mini announcement, very close on getting some merch for Up Early Podcast. 
It has been so much fun for me to do this over the past almost two months, and I just want to share all of that with you. So I will catch you next week on my next episode of Up Early Podcast, but in the meantime, stay safe, do something for you, practice some self-care in whatever way that looks for you, and I'll see you next time.